Welcome, friend. This is I Need Thee Every Hour, a podcast dedicated to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You are listening to your ministering sister, Casey Mills. Hello, welcome back. Glad you could make it. I wanted to start off with a story to kind of set the stage. Um, I've got lots of these stories, so uh, I will try to not bombard you too much with these things, but I just felt like this kind of uh, set the stage a bit for what I'm going to talk about in this episode. Um, I uh, was, as you may or may not know, I was married previously. I am currently married. Um, but I was married previously. I am divorced uh, from my previous marriage, and there was a lot of um, drama and things that went into the um, failure, uh, the failure of the marriage. Um, and that's not to say that I don't have my own faults and that I didn't. Um, you know, participate in things in my own way as I was, uh, bef- you know, before I had done um, healing work on myself. Uh, not that I'm done. <laughs> Still lots more healing to do, always. Um, but uh, there's this one particular story that um, I feel kind of epitomizes things a bit. Um, so I was... I might have even been, oh, yes, I was pregnant. Okay. So at the time, I was seven months pregnant with my fourth child, my third oldest daughter. I have a a uh, son uh, is my oldest, and then I uh, have four girls, and those were the children that I had in my previous marriage. And I had them all really close together, too. Um yeah, uh, not not completely my choice, but I know that it was uh, something that the Lord um, intended. Still, still kind of figuring that out. Um, but uh, basically, birth control does not work for me, <laughs> so I kind of couldn't not get pregnant. Um, so anyway, so yeah, it was kind of like five kids in five years uh, is essentially what happened. So um, if you can imagine the kind of um, uh, physical, emotional toll uh, that took on me um, over those years. Um, my uh, my previous spouse and his family, I just don't think they really got it or cared to get it. Um, but anyway, I uh, like I said, there was a lot of issues. I, I said in previous episodes, uh, a lot of the issues, uh, I kind of spelled out some of the key issues that happened between him and I when we were uh, dating and engaged and first married. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I probably should write a book. Um, how's that for some fun reading for for someone? But m- more more what it is is not, not that I think I'm so great. Uh, It's more that I think there's a lot more people out there going through what I went through um, and or maybe have gone through it. And I just there's something that's very um, healing uh, and um, 
I'm blanking on the word I'm looking for. Uh, when when you when you find someone who's gone through what you've gone through or it, or or has gone through what you're going through, it just even if there's no solution, even if there's no end, you know, wh- or however you want to say it, just being able to have someone that knows, you know, it yeah, anyway, it it's it's very very helpful and um I know it was helpful for me, helped me get through things um and I would love to do that for other people for sure. Because then it would feel more like what I went through wasn't in vain. Uh so anyway. Okay, so I was 7 months pregnant at the time with my fourth child, uh my third daughter and my, so my former in-laws would do a weekly Sunday dinner um, at the at the parents slash grandparents house. Um, that was difficult to go and do that every week. Every Sunday uh, was a little rough. Um, it didn't always go real well. Sometimes there was drama. Sometimes there was um, fighting. And yet it just kind of always seemed like this is just what we do, right? No one could say no. No one could say they didn't want to go. Um, Finally, incidentally, one of the um, brothers, uh, one of my former spouse's uh, brothers did end up saying, I I, I don't want to do this every week. So let's, let's move it to every other week. Well, that still was too much for me, but I, you know. I, I think I've made it pretty clear I I didn't call the shots in my previous um, life. So um, that makes it sound like reincarnation. I'm not talking about <laughs> reincarnation. I'm talking about my – it does feel like it was another life, though. It does feel like I was a different person and it was a different, you know, alternate reality or something, however you want to say it. But anyway uh, – Anyway, so that so that was rough. Uh, you know, it, it kind of felt like everybody was expected to go. Everybody was living close enough um, that everybody was ex- uh, expected to go, and um, and I and you had to be there for a certain amount of time for it to quote unquote count that you came. And I mean, just just weird, right? Weird psycho family dynamics that I just I don't get. Because it wasn't raised that way, and I don't want to do that to my kids when they're grown. I think once kids marry and have kids, and even if they're living close by, it should still be their choice if they want to get together or not. It should not be something that's forced on everybody. But anyway, um, I digress. We were at one of these infamous family dinners, and I had already been privy to information from uh, my sister-in-law at the time that her young son okay so how old would they have been he might have been six okay I'm just gonna I'm just gonna guess five or six um because he's about a year and a half older than my oldest so I think he would have been six maybe Uh, I had been privy to information that he had kind of been uh, um put in this situation where he was uh, expressing that he was uncomfortable. So so an uncle. Okay, one of my previous spouse's brothers who was uh, single, um, he was unmarried, had no kids, and he was living at um, my former um, mother and father-in-law's home uh, at the time. He was always, you know, kind of off and on living there. Um, he was 
I didn't witness it. I just had heard that he was being too, I don't know, hugging him, you know, kind of forcing him to sit on his lap, that kind of a thing. And it and it sounded innocent enough, you know, that's only something the Lord knows, but basically my this my sister-in-law at the time had told me that she made it clear she had told her husband, who was his brother, that she wanted him to express that this uncle needed to let his nephew have his space and not force him to um you know engage in this uh, physical affection. And I honestly wasn't thinking that that this particular brother was uh, a creep. I wasn't thinking that my uh, sister-in-law at the time was out of uh, bounds on on her request. Her husband respected it. They uh, it, it it seemed like it, it could have been something that was um, you know caused drama, but it but it but it didn't as far as I could see. Um, and she just had, had, you know, said, basically, you're, you're making my son uncomfortable and I, you know, I don't want you to, to force him to, uh, you know, let you touch him or you, you know, him touch you or whatever, right? Touch sounds, the way I'm saying it sounds bad. It, there, it was, it was something that was happening like in the living room in front of everybody. So it wasn't like it was, you know, anyway, uh. I won't I won't get into all the implications there and and how that could you know potentially lead lead down a path but I you know I'm just thinking if 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 I was this brother this uncle I I would I would avoid the appearance of anything untoward <laughs> right like 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 if you're not a creep <laughs> you would want to know if you were doing something that was creepy right and and you would say oh by all means like i i i i love my nephew um i you know and this is how i show love but but if he's not feeling that <laughs> that love you know whatever right like it's not my kid so i'm i'm going to i'm going to be respectful right i mean that's how a normal person would respond if the, if you know if there's nothing to hide, you hide nothing. If you, uh, you know, there's no reason to be defensive if if you're not doing anything wrong. Anywho, I had been at so so this was prior to this particular dinner. Okay, so we'll go back. I'm at this dinner and I happened to walk into the room and I could see this particular brother, so uncle to my children. Okay. And he was sitting at the kitchen table in a seat right next to my oldest daughter, um, who would have been, I guess she she must have been three at the time, okay? And then right next to her on the other side was my, my oldest, my son, um, who would have been four, okay? And I just... And it was kind of one of those things where it was just like, I I don't even really know why I walked into the room, but I just, I walked into the room, I saw them sitting there, and my, th- this memory is burned in my brain. She, my daughter looked at me, and she looked uncomfortable, and my, 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 my view of it was that this 
uncle of hers was, you know, basically had his arm, you know, like around the back of her, maybe even kind of on the chair. I mean, you picture he's a grown man. Okay, he's not he's not super big, but still, right, to to a teeny – and she was so petite. Okay, this teeny little three-year-old, right? She's sitting on the chair. Okay, so he's got his arm around her. He's leaning. You know, his body language was he was just like kind of like, you know, hovering over her. And then I, and then I see him put his hand on her belly. And I don't remember exactly what he was saying. I, I, you know, like I said – it maybe it was totally innocent, and I had no reason to believe it wasn't. All I know is that in that moment, my daughter was looking to me to protect her. And it and and I'm sorry, it doesn't matter if your intentions are are, are pure or not. If you are making a child uncomfortable, you are in the wrong, and their parent, especially their mother, has every right to say something. And so all I said was, hey, she she looks uncomfortable. And, you know, just so that you know, like, she's not really a touchy-feely kind of person. And, th- and this was absolutely true. I said, she, she doesn't even want me or her dad to hug her or touch her sometimes, invade her bubble. So I th- I think, you know, just if you could, you know, just give her give her some space. I, th- I think that would be better because she looks uncomfortable. So just so that you know that that's 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 who she is. Right. I don't expect him to know her that well. Right. So I'm just telling him that. OK. And and, and in and in my my point of view, my my uh, perspective was I'm protecting my kid. I, I don't want this to escalate. I don't give two bits what you think, right? But I'm still asking you in a nice way. He looked like I slapped him across the face. Uh, and and then, you know, the whole what happened for the next hour or two is a little bit of a blur. Um, all I know is that my then husband and father to um, my innocent daughter um, pretty much verbally attacked me and was accusing me of and 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 trying to get everybody else in his family to uh, join in this attack on me. He was saying that I was accusing this brother of uh, sexually abusing my child. He proceeded to tell everybody that I was accusatory of him. I'm telling you, when someone puts you in that position, someone who is supposed to have your back, who says they love you, who is the the father of your children, who is supposed to be your your protector, your provider, uh, your everything, right, in your life, to have someone gang up on you, get his entire family to gang up on you, uh, to lie. I mean, this was just the biggest bald-faced lie to say these things and make me appear like I was the devil. And on top of all of that, to do this in front of my children was 
a nightmare, an absolute living nightmare. I didn't know what to say or do. I, of course, tried to defend myself. I tried to tell him, you're wrong. That's not what I was saying. And I tried to even go to his brother and say, did I accuse you of something just now? I'm pretty sure that's not what I said. I'm pretty sure I've never said anything like that. I wasn't even thinking that. But in the moment, he knew what I was thinking. He was telling everybody what I was thinking and what I was really doing. It didn't matter. Anything that I said or did up until that point or in that moment did not matter because what he was saying was the quote-unquote truth. And everybody, okay, now I had been married to him at that point, maybe, I'm just going to say eight years by that point. Um, when you've been married to someone that long, too, like, that is just, it's so hard. It's so, so hard to keep your sanity when you are surrounded by insanity. The way I like to say it is that I lived in the twilight zone. I was absolutely surrounded by the twilight zone in my home, in 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 my in-laws' home, anytime I was around. And I had no family living even in the state. Okay, so I had no one around me to to correct me or regulate me. I I I still feel very strongly that you don't talk about your spouse with other people, especially family members. Um, I think that there is a real danger. It's a slippery slope. Um, I think when you need some kind of a, um, a correction or just some kind of basis for reality, you know, maybe there's someone that you can say, okay, I know that this person um, loves loves my spouse as much as they love me. I know that they support my marriage and they want me to have a successful marriage. So, you know, it's like, okay, maybe if you really truly need to go outside your marriage and talk to someone and just get some kind of, like I said, some some kind of baseline, right? Um, you know, I think sometimes that is necessary. And that was something that I really could have used. But because I was I was young, and I was so engrossed in this and I just and I was so afraid. I was I was afraid of what it all might imply, what it what might happen. I just I, so I never said anything about any of this to to my family members. I mean, like after the fact, like at some point after the fact, I did finally tell someone. I think it was my sister's. Um, just because it had kind of gotten to an epic level, I don't even know if I'll be able to get to the to the because there's a, a part two um, to this whole debacle that that uh, happened. Um, but I I absolutely felt like there was an army against me. Um, I it felt like it wasn't going to end. I I just wanted to leave. He he ended up. Uh, he meaning my my former spouse he was he was bawling right like that was his go to right everybody would oh you know cuz he cuz he would cry right so he's bawling and his and his and his creep brother was bawling and 
and uh, you know, and everybody's just looking at me like I'm the devil, you know, and and my and and then I'm just like, you know what? I can't do this. Like, and I and I, and I just kept begging. I, I'm not even joking. I was begging my former spouse. This sounds like something that you and I need to work on between us. I had no idea that this was what you were thinking and feeling. You never even mentioned anything about this to me in private. This sounds like something between you and me that the rest of your family should not be involved in. We need to just go home. And and I'm telling you, like, it was late. Like, it was getting late. And my kids had school um, the next day. And, yeah, I think my son would have been in kindergarten. Anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm, it, it, I, I would really have to sit down and, and, and figure out what the, what the dates were. But I just remember that it was late. My kids needed to go to bed. Yeah, maybe they didn't have school the next day. Maybe, maybe they weren't that old. Um, if, if my son was just four. Um, but you know, kids need to go to bed. I, I like kids to have a, a good, a good schedule and go, go to bed early and, uh, and, get good sleep and that just makes for good days right and so that's that's the way I, I like doing things but he didn't care about that when he was at his parents house he wanted to stay there and he didn't care how late we left he didn't care if 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 my kids if our kids were freaking out and, and overtired and just didn't matter to him because he didn't have to deal with it when we got home and he didn't have to deal with it the next day either so anywho um I I'm begging him can we just go home? Can we just go home? We got to get our kids in bed. And then you and I can talk about this in private, just you and me. He wouldn't. He absolutely wouldn't. And I said, well, fine. You need to stay here. You need to talk to your family. You need to unload whatever you need to do. I want to go home. I want to take my kids home. They would not let me leave. My former mother-in-law was holding my children in her arms. And I'm reaching out to say, here, let me take them. I, I want to go home. And she wouldn't let me. She wouldn't let me take my own kids. When I tell you that this woman is a psycho, I'm not even close to joking. And this was a precursor then. Now looking back, this was a precursor to the role she would play then in the uh, attempt at alienating my keeping my kids from me and alienating them from me. This woman had it out for me. I don't I don't even know when it started really. And and the scariest part about it is it's kind of like with my former spouse where people just kind of look at them. You know, he's little. He he's he's a short guy and and uh, and, and and he can really make himself look really pathetic. And uh so and 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 I feel and he can he kind of plays on people feeling sorry for him and and it would appear to me that his his mother does the same kind of thing she comes off as super sweet almost almost kind of not real bright and so people just kind of oh you know just feel sorry for her it's really it's really crazy to me that people people really have no clue have no clue but it but it but you have to get to a point where you are who they decide is their enemy. And then, hooey, you, you don't toe the proverbial line. You don't follow the rules of the family society. You are, <laughs> you are the enemy. And they will use everything in their power, every resource that they have to either get you to fall in line 
or or ruin your life, basically. And that's definitely what they tried to do then. Uh, even in that moment, they were they were definitely trying to ruin my life. Uh, they proceeded to try and get everybody, even family members that happened to have already gone home for the night. Um, I tried to reach out to that sister-in-law that I mentioned, uh, that former uh, sister-in-law of mine who had essentially been in a very similar situation um, and had it turn out very differently for her. Um and I tried to petition to her. I had emailed her and I told her the whole thing. And I just, you know, I was looking for a friend. I was looking for a friend, someone within the inner circle that would defend me, that would help me to, you know, get that baseline. Um, but no, she had been turned against me and she proceeded to berate me that I was uh, trying to cause um, drama in the family, that I was going to ruin this brother, this uncle's life by uh, by accusing him of what I was supposedly accusing him of. Um, it was nasty. It was a nasty email, and I got treated real nasty um, by, by everybody for quite a while, um, basically until I, I gave up. And I just was resigned that I was like, I'm stuck. I'm absolutely stuck in this situation. I'm stuck with this man child that I'm married to. I'm stuck with this psychotic family that I can't get away from. I can't, uh, you know, moving away was would never have been an option. Um, anyway, I, well, I, I, I guess I'm almost out of time. There's still a lot more that I would like to say, but I, anyone who who can relate to this experience knows the helplessness that you can feel and the uh you 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 just you have to go numb you have to go numb in order to live and survive it's survival mode it was a uh, fight or flight constantly and because i wasn't ready to fly at that point, I guess I should say, I had to just basically put my head down and and uh, and continue on, put my shoulder to the wheel, as it were. Um, now, there's a lot more I want to say, and, and perhaps I'll, I'll, I'll start another, uh, I'll start another episode, do a part two of this, the continuation of it. But what I need everybody to understand is that You, when you're in that kind of situation, you feel lost, you feel hopeless, you feel like you're the one who's crazy, right? Because you have all these people that are telling you what you said, what you're thinking, what you're doing, even though you know that that's not true. But there's all these people around you telling you that that's really what you're doing and saying and so you kind of do get to where you're like, well, maybe, maybe it is me. Maybe I am the problem. But deep down, because of my testimony of Jesus Christ, my faith in Jesus Christ, my membership in his church, my knowledge of his gospel, I was able to survive. That is the only way. That's the only way I was able to get through that. Uh, it, bottom line, 
because I should have wanted to kill myself or 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 leave. I should have left. I mean, there was many, many times that I really should have left, but I just, I didn't want divorce to be my legacy. I didn't, you know, my family didn't, understandably, I was 18 when I got married and and my family, and he was 10 years older than me. My family did not want me to marry marry him. They didn't want me to get married, period. I, I, I was afraid to, to say you guys were right. I was wrong. I was afraid to, I was afraid of so many things. And because that world, that twilight zone became my comfort zone, I couldn't bear the thought of what would happen if I left it. I just couldn't imagine. And yet, that is what the Lord was leading me to, was leading me to this edifice where I would need to trust him and step off and step off the ledge. And I needed time to get to that point. I needed these kind of experiences like what I just laid out to build upon and 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 just look back and and finally, you know, talk to enough people and do enough research and 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 heal and get to a point where I'm like, no, 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 no. They were wrong. I was right. They were wrong. I I didn't do anything wrong and I knew the truth and they were being abusive to me. And the only way to get through that, the only way to survive that kind of a scenario and also to get away from it and then fully heal from it and then forgive these people is through the atonement of Jesus Christ. And perhaps I will do a part two where I can spell out more clearly how I got through each of those things using our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I know that that's not the worst thing that anybody's ever been through. Um, it certainly wasn't even one of the worst things that I've ever been through. Um, but it, it was scary. It was rough. Um, and, and I know that there's people out there that have gone through or are going through, um, those kinds of experiences and dealing with, with people that are supposed to be family, people that say they love you, people that are supposed to love you. Um, and it can really make you start to doubt yourself, but, when you have your your identity centered on Christ, uh, 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 when when Christ is your foundation, and 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 He's the one that you trust, and He is the one that tells you who you are and and what you mean and what the truth is, you will never be stuck in the twilight zone. You, you're able to get out. You're able to see the way out, the light at the end of the tunnel. And I testify that he is the only way. Your, your father in heaven loves you. Your mother in heaven loves you. Your, your savior, Jesus Christ, loves you. He wants you to uh, get out of the twilight zone. He wants to 
um, help you build your life back up, whatever that may be, whatever that looks like. He wants to help you to ultimately forgive those people. Forgive whatever it was that happened to you, whatever you suffered through. There is a way. And he is the way. 